The Colonial Pipeline is sending gasoline and heating oil again, but it's still going to be a week before people start seeing more gas at the pumps. And may I suggest to those news outlets that want to talk about panic buying, shutting your face. What an awful thing to say to the people of Charlotte and to the people of Atlanta, people throughout Florida, people in Northern Virginia. Oh, it's because you're panic buying the gasoline. No, people panic bought toilet paper as if somehow COVID was going to mean they never left the bathroom again. Some poor kid was going to be in the kitchen sink for a week at a time. It's only a two bathroom house and they had three kids and in my head, that's how it worked. That's how I told the joke in my head. You had to be there. This isn't panic buying what we're seeing. Somebody wanting to top off their tank is not panic buying. It's a recognition that there's a problem and they got to make sure they can get to work or get to the child's care or in my father's case, be able to drive himself to a hospital if he's feeling the need. He's 83. It happens a lot. And people out there writing about what's happening have the audacity to call it panic buying. Here's what happened. The Russians hacked and engaged in ransomware, and Colonial Pipeline is not paying it, by the way. They followed their protocols and shut down the pipeline. The pipeline runs from Texas to New Jersey and provides the refined products, gasoline, heating oil, among other things. The... They, they, when I read it as of last night, they did not pay. Yeah, it just they, broke an hour ago. They paid $5 million. Did they really? That's I would have let I would have let the Bidens pay it. Well, I mean, and yeah, sure, Look, maybe. we're going to have a whole conversation about whether or not you should pay or not pay ransomware. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I would have handed the bill to Joe Biden. You can't handle the Russians. Here you go. Paying the ransomware, man. That's that's a a, a, a real issue. If if they paid, right? You you pay the ransomware, and now you're just yeah. That is the story. CNET with the story, reportedly paid five million dollars to the hackers. ZDNet and Forbes also with the story. But when they got hacked, they did what their protocols told them to do, and they shut down the pipeline. Right, the paying of the hackers, that'll be another conversation because they should not have paid the hackers. Hackers should not be paid. They should send the bill to Joe Biden. When they shut down the pipeline, well, you weren't going to have gas and, and heating oil get to places. And people who say it's no big deal, picture it being December and January and people not getting heating oil. Now what do you think? So people saw this and said, I better top off. That's not panic buying. What a lie. What a lie to say that it is. A lie to protect Joe Biden. Now, how does Joe Biden play into this? Just like how he plays into Israel and and a series of other things. This is about weak leadership. This is about a perception that he is incapable because it seems he is. I would agree with you if you said we put too much emphasis on the president of the United States and not enough emphasis on the legislative or the judicial. We should really put much less emphasis on the judicial, much more emphasis on the legislative. One man's theory. But I'll agree with you if we put too much emphasis on the the presidency and what the presidency can actually do. But we have presidents who make the claim that they can do all these things. 
And then we take a look at what happens and we say, hey, this is because you didn't do X, Y, or Z. I don't say to you in the four months that Joe Biden has been president that he should have done more with cybersecurity. I say to you that the very existence of Joe Biden emboldened groups to be able to do these things. Just like the very existence of Joe Biden in the White House emboldens Hamas and others to engage in the attacks on Israel. Now I'm going to get more into the attacks on Israel. I had a conversation with the Israel uh, Council General of Eva Ezra yesterday. You can get that at TonyKatz.com. This doesn't look like it's ending soon. And part of what's happening here is the leadership of Joe Biden. Do you think it does Joe Biden any good? When people like the bigot Rashida Tlaib, congresswoman from Michigan, says things like this. This is a person that definitely needs to be held accountable for war crimes. People need to understand. I'm not asking you to stand against, um, you know, the, 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 the various people there. But the leader there that is promoting this kind of violence that is leading to the continuation of killing of, you know, children. And, and just the continuation of just the pain and the harm and the oppression uh, uh, and the violence towards Palestinians, that is, that is something that has continued to be enabled and supported by this prime minister. She believes that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu needs to be held accountable for war crimes. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is saying, hey, uh, you're allowed to uh, defend yourself. To which Representative Ocasio-Cortez has gone out of her head and is now criticizing Biden. But I'm going to get into all of that. I'm going to break that down. I want to talk leadership. A lot of people are taking a look at Ron DeSantis right now. He's the governor of Florida. You know what Ron DeSantis did? Ron DeSantis is going to pardon and provide clemency to people who have been prosecuted in Florida for failing to wear a mask. I love it. How is that not the most awesome story of the day? You get a pardon, and you get a pardon, and you get a... Have we, can we create that? I'm pretty sorry. Can we put that image out there of, of uh, uh, DeSantis' face on Oprah saying, you get a pardon, and you get a pardon, and you get a pardon? I think we can figure it out. Yeah, make that happen if you... Get somebody on that. Get the whole digital team on it. Tell them to drop whatever they're doing and get right over there right away. Hold on, wait, hold on. We don't have a digital team? Uh, We're going to need a digital team so we can get them on it. Take people who have been abused by this mask nonsense and say, it's all right, you're cool. That is about saying, I got this. I'm going to lead the way here. And I'm going to take the hits that come along with it. When we take a look at COVID and we watch how people say, well, the doctors say, well, uh, well, well, Dr. Fauci says. Uh, the lo- you know, the, the, well, the state commissioner says. Well, the local health commissioner says. What's the leadership in that? The mayor of Indianapolis, Indiana, said that, hey, you know, uh, the, yeah, with all due respect, uh, elected officials, uh, with all due respect to elected officials, you got to listen to the doctors. No one voted for the doctors. They voted for you. They don't have to listen to you. They have to listen to the doctor. Why don't they vote for the doctor? Why don't you resign? Boom, we'll vote for the doctor. City uh, city councils. 
Oh, well, last I checked, no one on the city council is a doctor. Well, then quit, you losers. Get out of the way and let us vote for some doctors. We'll get them in there. We'll be fine. Problem is, doctors are terrible when it comes to public policy. They're terrible. A doctor is going to talk about doctor things and look at things through a doctor lens. The reason that we have civilians is so we can coalesce the vapors and come to a conclusion that is the best possible, not perfect. We have a civilian-run military. Generals execute strategy and are answerable to civilians. The president can say, we are going to go to war, but needs Congress to authorize such a thing. But the mayor of your city says, oh, no, no, the doctor says this is what we got to do. That's not leadership. That's not leadership. Not leadership is Joe Biden. Because leadership is not only making that tough call and setting a, it, it, I shouldn't say and, it's not just making a tough call, it is setting a clear standard and setting a clear message. This is the direction we're going. This is the fundamental difference between leadership and management. Here's what I've learned about my life. I'm a terrible manager. I really want people to do their things. I want them to, do, I want them to get me the information I need, but I want them to do it their way. But sometimes people do need to be managed who, who work with you, work for you, work around you. We're part of your life. All right. And so and everyone's different. You got to learn how to deal with them differently. That is a that is a, a tactic. That is a skill set that I admit to you is the weakest part of my game. Leadership. We're going through that wall, people. And let me tell you why. Because on the other side of that wall is riches beyond our wildest imagination. And each rich, each one of those riches, that's what you decide it is. That's what's on the other side of that wall. And once we get over it, once we go underneath it, once we go around it, or once we break that mother down, we are going to be in the promised land. And from there, it is nothing but up, up, up until we get to what we want. Okay, maybe it's not with that much fanfare. It could be done much more low-key. They're different skill sets. But part of leadership and part of how people see leadership is a recognition of, you know, if we do X, they'll do, he'll do Y or she'll do Y. Was there any question that the Palestinian Authority, Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, even though Iran tried little things here and there, knew that if, if you really caused a problem, uh, there could be trouble. Remember, it was Iran that engaged the drone strike on the oil field, the refinery in Saudi Arabia. And you know what the U.S. did in response? Nothing. And that was an unbelievable bit of leadership. People expected, oh my gosh, warmonger Trump, he's going to attack. And then Trump didn't attack. And they said, why did Trump attack? Remember, they're never happy. These people, Trump damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. I mean, they, these are miserable people who try to have it all the way, all, the, all their ways, you know, all the time. But it was a bit of leadership. And sometimes I agree. There is a, uh, there's an importance in, 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 in strength and, and, um, and, and keeping your powder dry. But we got hacked and they shut off gasoline. You sit back and do nothing? Very interesting. And then you don't even address it as an issue of, 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 of serious importance. 
You have staffers out there talking about we need green energy. Well, the people with Priuses, they're not worried. <laughs> what a thing to say. That was uh, Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary. What a thing to say. By the way, there's some things they can't keep themselves from saying. Sometimes the truth is the truth is the truth, no matter how hard they tried to hide it. Here's Congressman Darrell Issa, Republican California, asking John Kerry, uh, what's uh, more efficient? Isn't it true that pipelines are more carbon delivery efficient than trains or trucks or other forms of delivery? If you could answer just that limited yeah, that question. Is true. I, I think that is true. But it doesn't mean you necessarily want to be adding another line when there are other alternatives. But is it better than train and better than not? Yes, it is. Thank you. My judge. So why would you shut down the Keystone Pipeline? Why would you shut down the Keystone Pipeline? What's the... What's the point there? You're going to move that, 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 that crude, that shale, another way, and it's going to be less efficient. So why do you constantly have a group of people attacking pipelines when it's more carbon efficient? Well... They don't have a good answer, except, you know, it's ideological. And somehow uh, when they decide pipelines are good, pipelines are good. When pipelines are bad, pipelines are bad. That's also a lack of leadership to be able to say we're focused on this and not on that and tell the base they're wrong on this subject, they're right on that subject, and that's it. Well, Joe Biden can't tell his base anything. His base will rip him apart, just like they are on Israel. And others see that weakness. And so they try things, and so they do things, and so they push. And you can make the argument that that's what's happening in Israel today. You can make that argument. Is Joe Biden responsible for Hamas? Of course not. Is Joe Biden seen as not friendly to Israel's existence? Yes, because the Democratic Party is seen as not friendly to Israel's existence. And Joe Biden has never shown a moment in this election process and as president where he's going to go against the far left of his party. The people buying gas didn't engage in panic buying. They looked at the president, looked at the situation and said, we better top off because it could be a while. Because this is not a guy who can make things happen. This is a guy we have to suffer through for three and a half more years. I'm Tony Katz.